This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Yes, you. Through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where every Sunday you get this all over again because you get a bonus episode of Says Who. You get me and Maureen coming at you just for you if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. That $10 a month level, it also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club which is a great club to be in. It's all happening at patreon.com slash says who. Ah, books. I'm going to ask y'all a favor. All you have to do is get one of my books, find a stranger or somebody and be like, you got to read this. And then you just keep following them and you hold the book up like a sign, like, ah, like a ghost, like, ah, and then just, that's my new marketing plan. I like it. I have not done in-person events in two years, so I've sort of forgotten how that, that happens. I, uh, I did an in-person event with you and that was exactly what happened. People just walked up holding your books above their heads going, bah. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you don't you haven't you haven't missed a beat, Maureen Johnson. Listen, I got I'm writing the the new Stevie Bell book now. So if yeah, you, you know, it's a great time to maybe read the others. I'm reading yeah. a really good mystery right now, but it's very, very I mean, I thought it is twisty and it has like puzzles and acrostics in it, and it's it's a lot. Is it the Bible? Yes. Yeah. Famous puzzle book, famous uh Sudoku acrostic puzzle book the bible yeah that is well if you would like to get books including the unnamed book that maureen just mentioned gave you a chance to say the name but you're not gonna the name of the new one that i'm writing right now no the one that you're reading that you just were like it's a it's it's mixed up it's so it's called the twyford code it's so this writer that also uh, also wrote a book called The Appeal, and I loved The Appeal. The Twyford Code, I'm still in the middle, so I'm giving it a little time. There you go. Um, but they're very, they're true mysteries where you ha- you basically get a bunch of evidence okay. that you have to piece together. That's fun. It's nah, It's not like a straight narrative. It's it'll It'll be told through... First one's told through emails and records, and the second one's told through a series of audio files. And I, That's fun. I like piecing things together. Yeah, I'll basically follow anyone anywhere into like a dark cave. They're like, "There's a thing, like a ga- like a thing where you could piece together a mystery, and you can just, be- I'll get in any un- unmarked van or whatever. Just <laughs> all right. Let me see. What do you got in there? Is it a mystery cave? Okay, I will play a mystery game. Oh well. no. Well, we have uh, a little unmarked van called kickbezosintheballs.org where you can buy books on the internet. So who knew that you could buy books on the internet? I knew. And that's why we made kickbezosintheballs.org where you can get Maureen's books or my books or other books. Books. Kickbezosintheballs.org. While... You're buying things on the internet. Why not mosey on over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com as well, where you can get Says Who merchandise, T-shirts and mugs and all sorts of good things right over there waiting for you. You'll place an order. They'll make you your thing. They'll mail you your thing. It's great. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Oh, Dan, do you got your, um, have you got the app hooked up yet already? Or Oh, I mean, yeah, I've got okay. the app, Maureen. All right. I've been refreshing my Disney experience over and over again. I'm so excited that we're finally en route. Yeah, I'm not still not used to this watch band thing that we have to wear. Oh, I didn't use this last time. The so The magic is, band. This is good. It's okay. It's full of magic. It's good stuff. I'm just feeling good i'm feeling yeah. confident covid numbers are down masking is up it's been six years down that we've been planning on this so this is good time can't, can't believe we're actually we're on the plane this i know is... in the air yeah nothing can go wrong now 
Wait, Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We've just gotten the word that the mask mandate has been uh, ended, so you can take uh, those some bitches off and toss them right on the floor. Thank you. Uh, no one's gonna actually. Oh. No one's gonna do oh, that. They're coming oh, they're coming off oh, right now. Oh. Oh. Uh. Um. Uh. Dan. Dan. Maureen. Um. Not great. Uh, Dan. It's not good. Dan, what do we do? Uh, uh, did you pack that parachute? Um, well, uh, I mean, I didn't think we were going to use it. I mean, I didn't test it or anything. I just said, oh, bring parachute. And just, are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting? It's and time to D.B. Cooper this ship, Maureen. See that? I do. Distracted you. You did. Yeah. Two yeah. says mm-hmm. distracted you. Hood. Who? Who? The podcast that is. Oh <laughs> I'm oh, copy. Good. This is a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. Maureen Johnson. Yeah. When last we spoke. Yeah. You were in a full on meltdown. Yeah, I really want to apologize to everybody. Um, what you heard last week was all very real. It always is. Um, well, I've been testing negative. I've been testing regularly all this week. and You're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have some allergies because the wind is kicking up all over the place here. So yeah. every, the air is all full of delicious spring allergens. But, I mean, so far, so good. And now I am eight days, seven, eight days out from the You're event. Good. So... You're good. You did it. Well, I mean, it's good in the sense that COVID's over. So mm. it's just fine now. Sure. That's not a thing. Yeah. It's over. Dan, just go with it. Look. Hmm? Should we just start? I guess. I mean, come on. We have to do it. I put notes together. And yeah. as I was putting the notes together, I was getting both more angry and more depressed as I went. Okay. We got to turn that. We got to turn that unmarked van around (laughs) we don't need a sad dan it's fine it's fine i guess we just go for it maureen yeah today was uh did this happen today or yesterday happened last night (laughs) see when you're working on a book and you you keep turning off the internet sometimes you don't know when things happened you just know they happened yeah suddenly all at once the federal mask mandate that made it so you were that you had to wear a mask on an airplane or train or apparently even a thing like a Uber is gone. Yeah, it just went away. Just Whoop. like that. Gone. Yeah. Blink of an eye. And of course, uh, so this was the CDC doing this. This was official recommendation that this happened or? Is well, it... no. Oh. So this was a federal judge in Florida. Hmm. Oh. Named Catherine Kimball Mazel. Okay. Uh, hearing a suit brought by a group, I believe in Wyoming, pushing uh, against the CDC mandate, uh, sided with them saying that the CDC had overstepped its bounds uh, in setting a mask mandate. I believe technically in renewing their mask mandate without getting public, uh, a having a public comment period before doing so, I think is the technical uh, way that she got rid of it, issued a 59-page ruling Within moments, the TSA said, well, okay, well, we can't enforce it. And the White House went, well, the TSA can't enforce it. So, and then next thing you know, Maureen, cut to an airplane where pilots are getting on, telling people, hey, you can get take your masks off fucking mid-flight. So what was the actual time from the ruling to people talking on airplanes? It seemed like moments. I'm not in, sure of the exact, but it was, I would guess, within an hour. That fast? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And do we know anything about this group from Wyoming that's, that's bringing suit in Florida because uh, they're angry about masks? I mean, so 
there are all sorts of groups like this that have brought all sorts of lawsuits, you know, against this. And it just so the same thing happened at the local level here in Illinois, where a single lawyer who had been suing the uh, the governor over various mandates for basically the entire duration of the pandemic finally kind of hit the jackpot with the right judge at the right time and ended the school mask mandate. Seems like a similar thing. So they found this judge, Catherine Kimball Mizell. She was a Trump appointee. I know that's surprising. No, it's amazing. But a Trump appointee appointed in the lame duck session of Congress after Trump had lost the election uh, was deemed unqualified by the American Bar Association, was appointed at only 33 years old. The youngest person ever appointed to a federal bench is now 35, has a good 40 years still left in her on the bench. Yes, I believe if what I saw as I was quickly scrolling this morning is true that her entire kind of judging experience was something like two days Yeah, had clerked for Clarence Thomas. That was the main, seems to be the main uh, background in her career. Member of the Federalist Society, of course. Mm. But uh, yes, so the White House did not appeal, which seems a little bit of a, little bit of a eye raise. Uh, You know, you could have appealed to a circuit court, asked for a stay, maybe headed off at least the sort of midair announcements and rule changes. I saw a video of a flight attendant walking down the middle of the aisle singing. Yeah. Throw away your masks. Beautiful voice. Very beautiful voice. Voice of an angel. But really. saying something not so great. Yeah. I mean, I will say the people at the very, very front line of this mandate have been flight attendants and pilots who have had to deal for two years with full abuse. So I can see a level of, uh, you know, at least relief that yeah, maybe they're not going to get yelled at your time in the barrel is is uh, or at least in one particular barrel is uh, coming to a close. Of course, as people in England found out after lifting mask mandates everywhere, including on planes, it only took about three weeks before there were massive labor shortages because everyone I worked on planes was sick. Yeah. So hope nobody's got big travel plans in early May. Yeah, I, you know, I'm old fashioned, Dan, and I believe that the rules you take off with should probably be the rules that you keep on the plane and land with. It does seem that way. I feel like what happened is like, say that you are a person who has a heart condition Mm -hmm. and you go to, say, a Disney World. Let's say. And there's a sign that says, you know, if you have a heart condition, you can't ride Space Mountain because then you're like, wow, I can't do that. I have this heart condition. I could get, you know, something terrible could happen to me if I get on Space Mountain. So you go and you say, you know what? I'm going to ride Dumbo. Yeah. That's okay for me and my heart condition. And you get on Dumbo. And for some reason, you get on there and they say, guess what, motherfucker? (laughs) We took all the limiters off. This motherfucker's a roller coaster now. And then suddenly Dumbo just starts going 70 miles an hour and just turning upside down. And and you're on a ride that you didn't agree to be on. Yep. That's how I feel that all of those people that were just innocently got on planes who have yeah. a, that are immunocompromised or have any other conditions that needed those mandates to be in place are suddenly in the middle of a goddamn flight. And then suddenly they say, guess what, motherfuckers? The law just changed since you left the ground. We're 40,000 feet in the air, and there's nothing you can fucking do about this. Masks off, shirts off, spring break. And then all these maniacs around you rip off their masks, and suddenly you're in a tube of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that that was a thing that was allowed to happen. Yeah. And it's something we all learned that apparently nothing fucking matters. Yeah. 
And then if some bozo in Florida has a whim, then all of us in the sky. <laughs> I don't like it, Dan. Really? No, well, I, I wonder why. No, I don't like it. And that it, it is so I watched a whole bunch of those videos yeah. and it was really something. Yeah. It was really one of those things where you're like, those people, they just, that's not what they agreed to. No. They didn't agree to get on the plane under those terms. Yeah, but, I, you know. I think it would suck even if you were at the gate and they told you, but at least you weren't on the goddamn plane. Yeah. Locked on a goddamn tube where if you tried to get off, they're allowed to restrain you and tape you to the seat. <laughs> you can't get out because you're 40,000 fucking feet in the air. <laughs> Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. No, it's really not. Since the since the announcement last night, uh, which seemed to be pretty much it was like anything goes. If your pilot decided, hey, fuck it, then suddenly you were on the like, fuck it rocket. And uh, but then other people were like, yeah, I flew last night. They didn't make an announcement. I didn't know what had happened until we landed. You know, like uh, now all the airlines have officially kind of released. I feel like if you got a, a let's go Brandon kind of pilot or maybe oh, yeah. just, or maybe just someone who likes things spicy. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you're a pilot and you just get to make up, you know, you're, why not just do loop the loops and shit? Honestly, pilots, once that thing's in the air, that's one of those real ships at sea kind of like it, you are, you are in charge. Yeah. You're the boss. Apparently. Apparently, apparently you can make whatever decision you want. You're the captain of the vessel. What did what would have happened had, you know, a pilot announced, hey, you know what? Some judge just uh just made this decision. Toss those masks. We're done here. And but it was like a long flight. And the Biden administration had then appealed and gotten an emergency stay immediately. Would the pilot then come back on and be like, hey, okay, listen up. Masks back on. Like, could you have had the Biden administration actually, I don't know, done fucking anything? Could you have been on a flight where they both removed and put back in masks all on the same flight? We'll never know. We'll never know. Unless there is a flight coming up in which they do do something finally. And then it's in the middle of the flight again. Everyone's like, guess what? Motherfuckers. <laughs> masks oh, on. Open up I the don't mask think bin. they will. The yeah. reality is um, the CDC's original guidelines were actually supposed to expire yesterday. Um, and they extended those. They announced last week that they were extending those guidelines, but only by two weeks. So May 3rd was sort of the, anticipated date i cannot imagine that they would have been like well two more weeks okay two more how about seven days okay three like i don't think they were going to ticky tack this out much longer so my gut so similar to illinois where a judge got kind of harvested to to overturn the school mask mandate the governor kind of was like for a minute and then it, but this was at the time that mask mandates were being lifted in New York and that kind of thing. And finally they were like, well, what can we do? Sorry. So kind of feel like this gives the white house a little bit of cover, gives I'll, them a boogeyman that they can point to while doing the thing that they were probably going to do in two weeks anyway. Also at least Delta put out a statement that basically said, well, since COVID's not a, what did they their exact words were we are relieved to see the u.s mass mandate lift to facilitate global travel as covid19 has transitioned to an ordinary seasonal virus first of all yeah i usually don't take my health advice from an airline's social media account eh, you know that's it's just one of my it's just one of my rules Dan. you're just you're wacky like that and Ordinary seasonal. Yeah. It's neither seasonal no. nor no. ordinary. No. It is a virus. Yes. One out of three. Yeah. 
33% accurate there. So it's not nothing. So it's great. It, I, I didn't know how angry I was until just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, since, since the decision, like I said, airlines have all announced that they are going mask optional. So has Amtrak. So has a lot, but not all public transportation systems here in Chicago. The CTA and the Metra are both still saying masks. In New York, the uh, the what MTA uh, has said that they are still using masks. But a lot of places, I believe in the Bay Area, the BART is masks, but the Muni is not, just to really throw things up in the air. Again, in New York, we still take this shit seriously. Well, I mean, your mayor is Eric Adams. I didn't say we took our mayor seriously or that our (laughs) mayor takes things seriously. I said that in general in New York, we take these things seriously. Yes. The fact that we have some sort of weird clown Batman villain as a mayor (laughs) is something you have brought up, make fun of about, and it's not funny. I don't know how these things happen. I don't know what what beast keeps spawning our mares. What weird sea monster keeps barfing them out of the <laughs> East River. I don't know who made a deal with the sea witch that we ended up with this situation. I don't know how it happened, but it just keeps happening. But yeah, your public transportation, my public transportation still masks. We'll see how long that holds out. Also, weirdly, because I didn't know that this whole thing applied to them. Uber was like, hey, guess what? No more masks. I don't think that they were technically being regulated by the CDC for interstate travel. But the Lyfts and the Ubers are very because that we use those and they're very strict about it. Well, not anymore. (laughs) Great. Also, they um. I'm going to be they ha- lifted the require the you used to be able to sit up front with an Uber driver, which was always weird to me. Yeah. I don't and know. when uh, the pandemic kicked in, they made it so you could not. Now you can again. You can just bro it up right there in the passenger great. seat. Great. Yeah, this is great. It's good stuff. A lot of people still wear masks outside here, Dan, like people, yeah. which I don't do. And I haven't done since the beginning. Yeah. Because outside. Also, I was so in the very bad, bad, bad beginning when we had to wear masks outside, I was sort of destroying a lot of masks because the condensation in those masks when you're running around with a dog for two hours was literally tearing my masks apart. Yeah. Um, So taking them off. It gets wet in there. Yeah. I mean, literally, I would say say it was a summer's day. It's. 100 degrees out. I remember walking that first June to get a car. It was the first time we were leaving the city. I walked across town to get my rental car. Because we hadn't been in a cab or anything like that. Yeah. And I had it like I had our the Lysol and the wipes and the bleach solution. Like anything we had in the house, I had in a bag. Yeah. And I was going in like I was going into Chernobyl to get that (laughs) rental car. This was still like June 2020. Yeah. And I'm walking across town wearing an N95. And I already have trouble in the heat. I have a medical condition that makes the heat really difficult. Yeah. And it was about 98, 99 degrees. I'm I'm walking around outside wearing an N95 or a KN95. It is just so drenched in there that I started to get so faint walking around this mask. That eventually I actually stepped inside of a place. Yeah. Uh, they There's a Club Monaco store that kept kept their doors open, but it was air conditioned there. And I, I hadn't been inside a store, but, but I was like, I need to go inside and cool down. Yeah. Or I'm going to go down on the sidewalk and I'm going to get taken to a hospital where I'll get COVID. So I have to like <laughs> adapt here and just stand in, in the corner of this Club Monaco to cool my body down. Again, the wearing masks outside was the, you know, 100 uh, degrees. That's yeah. not what they were designed for. I But we fucking did it. I ended up all winters wearing a mask because they're more effective oh, they're than, than a scarf. In they're that great way. in the but winter. Shit gets wet. Yes. I went on a long walk on a cold day this past winter 
and got home and not only was it just like an entire ecosystem inside the mask, but my beard was just two giant oh. icicles oh. because, uh, you know, the, the when you breathe, it kind of vents out down the bottom. And it was just, yeah, and I had no idea. And then I got in. It was just like I literally just had two, you know, foot long icicles hanging off of my face. In the beginning, I looked like Cthulhu. All the dog parks were shut down. So I would have to walk the dog, just walk her and walk her for an hour and a half a day. She doesn't go to the dog park now. And uh, I don't know why I said that, but she just doesn't because she's reactive. We don't go to the dog park anymore. But I would just be taking these epically long walks and I would feel so bad when I would be like, I just need to take this mask off for a minute. I'm so hot, so hot. But I was outside. Yeah. And I remember the guilt of being like, I just, I'm, there's no one around. I could take this thing off for a minute. Yeah. We didn't know a lot back then. No. I was now like, we do. I was like, there's literally someone 60 yards away. I think I yeah. could take the mask off for a minute. Yeah, we didn't know a lot back then. Now we do, and we're just not doing it anyway. Remember back then, Dan, when no one knew anything and it was just everywhere and there was nothing? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's better now. Sure. But we, ha what have we learned? I mean, we've learned a lot, but we've learned. Sorry for sneezing, everybody. Little. It's okay. I'm telling you, allergies. I know. This is year three of is it allergies or is it COVID? Everyone's favorite springtime game. It also was freezing cold last night in New York. Yeah, we no, had this like a, a freezing cold rainstorm. So the heat came on suddenly. And whenever the heat kind of goes on and off, you get to breathe all the weird stuff in the yeah. mushrooms and weird gnomes or whatever the, lives in the walls. The never ending winter is not helping with the fact that I feel like I'm having a psychotic break. Don't worry, Dan. Soon it'll be a billion degrees. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it was. Uh, it snowed yesterday here, and I believe it's going to be close to 80 on Saturday. Seems oh. fine. It's normal. It's Dan, fine. remember when I went to England and every day was perfect, like a beautiful, soft yeah. English summer's day, and every yeah. day was happier than the last? <sighs> and sure, COVID was everywhere, and no one was masked, and I was... I was very confused every day, but it was so soft and beautiful and perfect and sunny and lovely. And I still hold on to it in my cells. Well, look at your remarkable timing. Yeah. You did a bunch of flying. Yeah. And then no more masks. I took two flights. Well, and then also Arizona. That was two flights. The Arizona you had to and back. fly back. Okay, four, four flights. flights. You, know, you know what I mean? I mean, two trips. Yeah. yeah. Two. That's then, a lot of flights. What about Disney, though? What about Disney? Because it's all going down in Florida right now, Maureen. Okay, now, this this I genuinely don't know about because well, I've been on deadline. So this is all going to be news. There's real Disney news, and then there's dumbass Disney news, and we'll cover both. But the real Disney news actually went down this morning. When piece of shit Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced that the Florida legislature was going to go into special session in order to finish some redistricting, but they are going to take on some additional legislation during that time, including repealing the Reedy Creek Improvement District. That would be the special district that contains Disney World that was created at the behest of Walt Disney himself in 1967. It gives Disney autonomy from the Orlando and Orange County governments to do what they want. It also means that they have to provide their own trash collection and fire departments and all of that kind of thing. It is the bread and butter of Disney World. One would expect them maybe to not go down without a fight on this one, but they don't seem to have a lot of fight in them. So... But what would this mean? It's a little bit unclear what it would mean. Uh, it would certainly mean that it would be a lot more. Um, there would be more bureaucracy if Disney would like to build a new ride or something like that. Right now, all of their zoning and permitting 
is made by the one of the two towns that exists within the Reedy Creek Improvement District. I believe there is a sum total of 12 people that live in these towns. They are all former Disney employees. Um, and so that, you know, the approval boards are essentially controlled by Disney. So it's very easy for them to get zoned to say, build a new roller coaster or something like that. Um, they would then, if, if this were to be lifted to the best of my understanding, if this were to be lifted, if they wanted to build a new roller coaster, they would have to go to say the orange County, Florida zoning board. And, uh, that will just slow things down. That is how things work in floor in California with Disneyland and Anaheim. And the creation of the Reedy Creek Improvement District was specifically because of Walt Disney's dislike of how involved in Disney's shit Anaheim was. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it also is going to be a bit of a wake-up call when suddenly uh, Orlando has to cover all of the city services for Disney World. Yeah. Uh, that will be a little wild uh, and will likely result in some taxpayers suddenly realizing that they are covering a lot more than they used to. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Because that would I, include roads and... Yeah, all of it. They cover all of it right now. So, yeah, it would it would, it would would involve a lot and is a surprising move for the Republicans in a state where Disney is about a 80,000 person employer and the leading tourist industry for the whole state. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But of course, it is the latest in the rights ongoing war on Disney, ostensibly because of their weak sauce opposition to Florida's awful don't say gay bill that passed despite them kind of putting out mealy-mouthed dislike of it. But really, it's because the right wing needs a culture war, and Disney is culture. So this weekend, Maureen, a handful of right-wing nutjobs stood outside the entrance of Disney World with signs protesting Disney. I included a couple of pictures in the notes. What do you like to direct your eyes to them? All right, let's see here. They were led by once infamous, now entirely ignored right-wing figure, Laura Loomer, who held a sign that befuddling read, Loomer the Groomers. I need to expand this down. Hang on, I got all my windows. Uh, here, I just made it big for you. Okay, what the fuck is... So... <laughs> okay. What I'm looking at... <laughs> oh, boy. So, there's some flags, of course. There's a Let's Go Brandon flag. There is a... Somebody hold... There's signs that say things like Census Land and shit like that. But then there seems to be a... Okay. You know, like the combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell situation. <laughs> so what we have is a, I'm got a stormtrooper. I got a GI Joe. I got a combination <laughs> stormtrooper and GI Joe. Like he's, he's stormtrooper up top. <laughs> and he's GI Joe from the waist down. He's got an American flag on like cape. So when I say stormtrooper, but his stormtrooper outfit is covered in stars and stripes. Yeah. It's got a megaphone. And he's holding, I think, what is a Florida flag. Yeah, state it's flag. the Florida state flag. In the front is some guy. I, I can't even, he's, it's sort of, I don't know who he is. There's a Mickey Mouse with a giant Make America Great Again hat on. Yeah. And then this befuddling Loomer the Groomer sign. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There are a total visible one two three four five people in this picture then there's a second picture if you scroll down okay now what we've got in this next picture is your your aunt's worst friend 
She's um she's it. She's got her sassy pants on. This is her this is her casino formal outfit. No. Yeah. No. This is what she bought for the cruise. She's got um white linen flowing pants on, very nice. And a a, a very sassy. I do say so. Red sparkling tank top. I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate this at all. Yeah. She's living her best life outfit wise. Yeah. She's doing like a sassy one hip stance out in front of uh, the big Mickey. She's got two homemade signs with balloons off of them. And one has LGBTQ written on the side and it says, let's get Biden to quit, like written out of that. Clever. Clever. And then the other one is a little bit more direct. It just says, Disney is Satan's church. <laughs> so... Yeah. So this was directly outside the like main sign mm. uh, as you drive into Disney World. Mm. Separately, mm. on I believe the same day or maybe it was the next day, a couple of pickup truck drivers held a truck protest. Great. Great. No, I'll never I'll never get tired of those for sure. Yeah. What the leader of whom posted a tweet that said Patriot Convoy just did a blockade at the entrance of Disney. Car trouble. No one visiting Disney can get in. Have they not and, heard of tow trucks? Well, I don't think they really had car trouble, Maureen. I know, but I mean, this is a fixable issue, too, in terms of just moving them. But could you describe this picture for us? Okay, well, we've got two large vehicles. The hood's open and... They're pretending there's car trouble. I could see in the back a bunch of flags, so I could tell there's a bunch of SUVs and shit in the back. We've got, I could, there's yellow on those flags, so there's going to be those don't fucking tread on me flags yeah. back there. In the foreground, we've got a very average white guy in aviators. <laughs> He's got, a, I mean, this guy is, it, he looks like an AI creation. He's got no distinguishing <laughs> features. There's no hair. There's just nothing. It's like a kind of just some guy. And he's got a red hat on that says DeSantis 2020 with a pair of Mickey ears on top of it. And he's holding up a megaphone. Yeah. So. So I count maybe four trucks. Hard to tell, though. Yeah. It's a little bit hard to tell. Because it's around a bend. So it's hard but to tell. But they are claiming that they are blockading the entrance of Disney. It turns out they are actually stopped on the Orlando side of one of the multiple entrances to Disney Springs, mm. the shopping district in Disney World. It's essentially like if someone were to claim that they blocked the entrance to New York City by posting up outside a rest stop in New Jersey. No, actually, this would be more like claiming you've blocked New York City and you've actually blocked the way into that Ikea that's by Newark Airport. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That is, is our a, Ikea. So, I mean, we would be upset. Yeah, you'd be pissed. It Well, but I think Ikea probably really does only have one entrance, whereas there are many ways you can get into Disney Springs. Disney is pretty accessible. Yeah. It would take quite an action to actually block, block, the, uh, block the entrance. But all of this, Maureen... Would be funnier if it was just relegated to these handful of attention-starved nutbags taking useless stands. Do you want to know? Let's just play a little game here, Morgan. I'm not going to like your game. I can already tell I'm not going to like your game. It's called How Effective is the Right-Wing Boycott of Disney World? I've just launched the My Disney Experience app. Okay. It is... 2.13 p.m. on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. In April. In April. Okay. You currently would need to wait for two hours to ride the Jungle Cruise. Okay. 80 minutes to ride Splash Mountain. It's an hour at the Haunted Mansion. Let's see. The longest ride, 95 minutes for... Uh, so the longest wait right now is the Jungle Cruise at two hours. It's 95 minutes to ride the mine train. Oh, it's 105 minutes for Peter Pan's flight. I don't think it's really working. Mm. This yeah. is the middle of the day on a Wednesday. 
Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say this then? Mm-hmm. And I'm, for any of our uh, trans friends, don't worry, I'm not going into details. This is a top line thing you already know. These attacks on LGBTQI plus persons are not just coming from the right. They are also coming from the left. Yep. They are. There is a especially there is a movement it is rife in the UK right now. As evidenced by J.K. Rowling and her ilk and all those people that have the lunches and the things and the stuff. It is coming here. I've been saying this. I've been pointing at this. Oh, yeah. Forever. Yep. And I'm starting to see the like the editorials here. Like it's just be aware of it. Yep. When you see that shit, step on it. Yep. It's not innocent. No. Not at all. There's and it's no, all part and parcel. There's no both sides in this shit. You can't no. both sides a human life. Yeah. You can't both sides someone else's identity. That's not a thing. And it, I'm so mad. I just want to say it because it's not just these dickles. It's some other dickles <laughs> and other orifices. <laughs> Shitty orifices all around. Look, I don't even want to make fun of orifices because there's not an orifice on our body that we don't need. That's true. These are like extra nasty orifices that you don't want. <laughs> like a hole right into your liver or something. Yeah. You're like, I don't need that. I don't want it. How did this even happen? It's just a bunch of sentient discarded pig anuses. All right. There you go. Yeah. So I, I just need to say that Eddie, it's over. That's the whole thing, you guys. So don't worry. I told you it was going to be like top line, top line shit. Okay. Well, it also is all, it's all part of the same line. Right. Like the attacks on the LGBTQ community, the attacks on, you know, what they are calling critical race theory in the classroom. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know, all of this is just right wing white supremacy. And absolutely, you see people on the left that, you know, adopt some of the same terminology. You know that for when I was in grad school for five, four to five years, was it that long? I guess it was probably about four years. I worked in educational editing yeah i made and worked with like textbook materials and school materials and we would get these guidelines yeah every textbook publisher had their own guidelines and then there were state associated guidelines of shit that we could not put in the books right just basic textbooks because the idea is you need to make a textbook when okay let me tell you how these textbooks get written they're created at various publishers and the idea is you want to sell them in to these big benchmark key states. Right. You want to get them adopted in your Texas, in your Florida, in your California, in your New York, et cetera, in your Tennessee. That's always a big one. Like to get these major sales. So you make them suitable for these particular states. And that means there's just a ton of shit you can't put in there. You can never mention dinosaurs. You right. can never mention dice. Let me just tell you something. How many dice? Fuck- Dice. You cannot mention dice. How many fucking times I edited pages that said six-sided number cubes? Because you often use those to teach um, yeah. addition. Yeah. You have to remove those. You have to say it's six-sided number cubes. Why? Because dice is bad. Dice is gambling. Oh, okay. We couldn't have swimming pools. We couldn't have, um, oh my God, the list would go on and on and they were bananas. Yeah. And it was, but dinosaurs were like, anytime you saw anything that even fucking looked like a dinosaur, you'd be like, well, you gotta get that out. You can't have a fucking dinosaur in the book. No, yeah, you know. But now, like, they're just really coming out and saying it. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. They're just really, I think that I would be shocked at how much more terrible those guidelines have gotten. Yeah. Well, I mean, just this week, again in Florida, the Florida Department of Education announced that they were rejecting 54 math textbooks claiming that they were, quote, indoctrinating students. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as someone who's done the work on even the math textbooks, like there's, they, those conversations, first of all, conversations about textbooks are some of the dumbest fucking conversations (laughs) you will ever have. (laughs) It is unbelievable. It is shocking. It is, it, 
I mean, talk about something that propelled me to write night and day. I was like, <laughs> I cannot do this. This is paying for my rent. This is keeping a roof over my head, but I can't do this or I, my soul will die. Like I can't, like it was never my plan anyway. It was just a, a, a paycheck, but it was, it was really like, I got to move really quick because even one more day doing this will just, will, will kill my mind and soul. That is how bad it is. So am I surprised to hear this? No. Yeah. But now they're really just coming out and claiming everything is critical race theory. Yeah. A, when it's not. Yeah. And B, no, it isn't. And C, we fucking, I mean, obviously, we should be talking about these things. Yes. We should maybe talk about American history and so contemporary life. They're absolutely using this as an excuse. To, they're ripping. I mean, they're always book banners. I, yeah. I've been on those lists. I know a ton of people. I, we've all been banned. Right. I've had I had a librarian lose her job after off because of my book. Wow. Yeah. Early on, Bartlesville, Bartlesville, Kentucky, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Okay. It was Oklahoma. All Sorry, right. I had to think about that for a second. It happened. Yeah, she insists. Like, yeah, she she was given. She yeah, she faced a challenge for one of my books, and eventually resigned after like a very long career. Jesus, rather than back down. They go to the they go to the mat for these books and these materials. Yeah, it's a yeah. shit. It's a shit position to be in. But yeah, they're absolutely going. And just now they're just straight up going uh, if a book is written by a black author they're just be like oh that's crt yeah get rid of it just full on just like just get rid of it yeah oh, like every black author this is happening to right now existing while black on a on a library shelf is just not it's just not it's very difficult now on a school library shelf yeah and more and more in public libraries too Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they usually do that. Like once they get some traction in the school library, they tend to they tend to move to yeah. the um, public library because they're like, oh, I, oh, I'm some dweeb, some asshole dweeb who felt a moment of flicker of power in my dead soul by removing books from a school library shelf. What more can I feel in my empty, numb, in this hollow husk I hall from space to face? As I, oh, I can, I can bring less joy into the world. I can destroy some more. Maybe I'll get on TV for five minutes. That's my goal after all. Yep. I'd love to be on TV for five minutes on some fucking morning show, removing books from the library. It's the entire point of me. Sure, I could be doing anything else. Literally <laughs> anything else. Feeding people, taking care of animals, helping the planet. But no, this is what I woke up and decided to do today. I got my fucking pink jacket. I want to look good on Fox and Friends. <laughs> Dan, I one morning woke up to find a picture of my fucking book on Fox and Friends wow. and the caption triple X book underneath of it. Yeah. One of my my second fucking book. Well, you know, I mean, was it was it hardcore porn? No. Oh, well, then that seems un incorrect. I've been to this dance. Wow. I've been to that dance. That is, and now that is some dance. I've been to that dance many times. And now the dance is simply, oh, you're a black author and you wrote a book. Yeah. Looks like we can take it off the shelf because we're racists. Yeah. And now we're just allowed to. We used to be a little bit more circumspect about it. But now you gave us we took these words. Yeah. Fox gave us these words. Yep. So now we're just going to go in and take the fucking books. And then we're going to take our empty husks <laughs> and go to Applebee's where we will sit and be smug and glad that we removed literature and took it out of the hands of children. And we denigrated the work of a black author. Onion rings all around. These soulless fuckers have so little to do and they wake up with malice in their fucking dead hearts 
They just went wrong somewhere. They didn't get the attention in high school. Somebody slighted them somewhere and they need to feel like they've accomplished something. And instead of going down this one path that could make beautiful things in the world, they said, but what if? What if Tucker Carlson mentions my fucking name? Right after the segment where he has people sunning their balls. Yeah, that's a thing that happened this week, too. Yes. What if Tucker says my fucking name? They're in the worst fucking fandom ever. I know fandom, too, and I know a toxic fan when one I see one. <laughs> that is a toxic fucking fandom going to the world's worst dance. And you can just yeet those fuckers right into the sun. And they can sun their fucking balls all day long <laughs> to right at the source. <laughs> Does anyone know why they're sunning their balls? No. Yeah, okay. I don't I, know. Let them do it. It'll kill the sperm. Earlier today, I was like, I should probably. And then I was like, I don't need to find out. Cook those little fuckers. Yeah. Cook your sperms. <laughs> Dip them lower. Stretch them. Hey, now you're talking oh, my no. language. All right. Now we're going somewhere with this. Oh boy! I can talk to you about this if you need to. You need some information? I'm just curious, Amy Carter's shoe. Yeah? Why Tucker Carlson is advocating that people suntan their scrotums? Well, first of all, really nice to be back. Maureen had to go for a minute. Yeah, she, she needed to have a little sit down. <laughs> so I'm here to talk about balls. Okay. Now my man. Yeah. His scrote. Yeah. So stretchy. Mm. Like taffy on a loom in the summertime. That's true. He can go a full 16 feet. <laughs> oh, boy. That's right. That's long. Yeah. You That's even really have, long. He doesn't even have to be in the same room. No. That's right. So he can sit in the shade, falls out in the sun. <laughs> he doesn't even need to come outside. That's well, how great he is. But do you know why there's sun in their balls? Well... They're attractive, aren't they? I mean... Nothing I, nothing you like to see more than a grown man's scrot dangling in the sun. <laughs> Expose that shit. That skin looks... It looks hardy, doesn't it, Dan? That looks like it's, it's not thin or vulnerable at all. <laughs> not susceptible to burning. No. Yeah, it's definitely, but my definitely man, the hardier spots. My man could do it, but instead, he keeps it classy, keeps it tight, hangs it low, but in the suit of pants. <laughs> I know they're there. Oh, God. He keeps it a classy knee length. <laughs> well, goodbye. Well, thank you for that insight. Sorry, Dan, I needed to take a minute's break because I yeah. was done. I get it. I get it. Well, Maureen, everything is really too much right now. Not really, Dan. Everything's great. Okay. Well, that is why we do Says Who You, our initiative to take a little time off from the news, from doom scrolling, from the kinds of spirals that we find ourselves in pretty much every day now, and instead take a little time for yourself, for learning new things, for making stuff. People have been sharing things that they've been up to in the Facebook group. People have been sketching, knitting a temperature blanket, growing plants. What's a temperature blanket? A temperature blanket, Maureen, is a blanket where you knit squares, I believe, or lines, uh, depending on the temperature of every day. And so you have a color that corresponds to, you know, your various temperature buckets hmm. and you knit that so that you have i know people that have done temperature scarfs i think which then it really is one line so it's you know 365 lines long i think a temperature blanket you knit small squares for hmm. the that's for cool. the temperature every day it is pretty cool then you have like a little multicolored look at the year i like that this year it would be all blue forever apparently because it's never warming up People are growing plants, clearly somewhere that isn't here, where it's 38 degrees outside right now. 
uh, people, multiple people in the Facebook group mentioned that they were knitting or or weaving or whatever you make them friendship bracelets. And then they realized, well, why don't we start trading them? So now there is a friendship bracelet exchange you, happening you, in the Facebook group. You braid them. Didn't you ever make them when you were? Is that the thing where you use like that funny, weird plastic kind of sh- no. flat plastic uh, thing? Okay, that's no, all, what I did. No, all you need to do is... Um, I cook it. Usually we use like a safety pin or something. Okay. And then you just kind of, I mean, I, it's been a long time since I've done this. So it was camp or something, but you just kind of make a little bit of it and then you just safety pin it. And then you just kind of braid the, okay. You just see me braiding. I didn't have friends. Oh, okay. So I didn't have any bracelet. You were busy making giant pockets in your coat to fuck with the police. (laughs) Exactly. I was. Anyway, Maureen. I'm writing a book. That's what I'm doing. You are writing a book. How's it going? I'm in the shoot. You're in the shoot. That's good. Will you write this book for me? Yeah, I sure will. I am always up for a caper. We're really getting, you know. I'll totally write it. We're in that that pinchy, pinchy bit where I'm like, no, man. You got it. I feel like this is the part where my friends that have had babies said there's this part where this conversion where it's on. Yeah. Like suddenly you're like, oh, this is no longer hypothetical. Yeah. And it's it's happening. Yeah. And then they usually reach up and grab the, the midwife or the nurse by the face and go, what are you doing to me? Like that. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's usually how they describe it. So that is about where I'm at. But Dan, since I can't really do big projects, I'm going to tell you my uh, recipe for a cooling drink. Ooh. Yeah. I like drinks, Dan. I do I always, too. I have about 20 of them on my desk at all times. And I, you know, I love to cook. I love cooking. We, that is well established. And also a little simple. I love iced tea. It's pretty much my favorite drink in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, I tend to like it. I mean, if I'm really treating myself, it's sugary, it's lemony, it's got mm-hmm. a sprig of mint in it. Ah, oh, there's nothing better in the world than iced tea. I'll drink it. Usually it's right around this time of year that I'm like, it's start. It's time to make some big pictures. But if you don't want to drink all that sugar. Yeah. A little something you can do. Yeah. Just boil yourself up a really small amount of water. Just like half a cup or something. And then into that, put a very tiny amount of sugar. Or what I usually do is like one or two tablespoons of agave or honey mm. or whatever you use. Just like, but not much. If you're trying to reduce your sugar, because I'm trying to reduce sugar. And just a little tight or nothing. You can go completely without it. But if you just use a very small amount, then then just add cold water to that pitcher. Just cold. Okay. And then take a hemp. What I do is when I go to somewhere like Fairway, I buy boxes of celestial seasonings, herbal teas. Yeah. I tend to really like the peach. But any of those zingers, the reds, the raspberries sure. or whatever, then I debox them at home and randomly put them in a big container, handfuls of them. So I don't know what's what. And I shuffle them around. Yeah. And then for every pitcher, I put in about six or seven of those. Just cold water. You don't need to do anything else. Just cold water, pitcher, stick it in the fridge. Yeah. The cold brew, just leaving it in the fridge and doing nothing, naturally sweetens it a little bit. Mm. And the end? Take them out. Yeah, your little lemon. You've got half an orange sitting around, or if you've eaten an orange and just little tiny squeeze of a little bit of it, boom, boom. Naturally sweeter. You don't don't even have to go to the effort of boiling any water, except if you want a little bit of that. And also, you just want to upgrade your drinks in general. Take a little bit of that iced tea or whatever it is you like to drink. Cold drink. I like ginger ale. Make a couple ice cubes of that. There you go. Couple ice cubes of your favorite iced tea or whatever. You stick that in the fucking glass. Look at that. Doesn't water down. You feel like a goddamn champion and it couldn't be easy. You literally just put stuff in an ice cube tray. You're living. I love ice cube trays. I use them for everything. Little extra bits of everything. We're not big ice people in this family. We don't do a lot of ice. But Dan, if you use a little coconut milk or something in a recipe, you often don't use the whole thing. Put that shit in an ice cube tray. There you go. Pop in a cube of coconut milk into your soup Mm. or whatever. Into your stir fry. Into your coffee. 
into your coffee. You don't need to use all of it. You, you, you always use an extra tomato paste. Pop that shit into it, a little ice cube Man, tray. You're set. Everything goes into the ice cube tray. And that way, extra stock, you put that shit in the ice cube tray. You're set. Yes, that's Maureen's tip of the day. Man, what a tip. There. See that? What a tip. That was my little sesu you moment. Look at that. I love it. Everything goes in the fucking ice cube tray. Put it in the fucking ice cube tray. Says who is made possible by you through and big, your support. Big ice cube tray. <laughs> Shout out. Patreon. Shout out to our spicer sponsors, ice cube trays. At patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth and the pilot from the very beginning of this episode, was played by Hal Lublin. Thanks, Hal. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that's H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion and share your Says Who You stuff on Facebook, slash group, slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan-run Discord server at tinyurl.com, slash Says Who Discord. Spread the word, subscribe, please leave stars and reviews wherever you listen to this very podcast and you can join us next Wednesday, April 27th for our very next episode. I bet you could put cookie dough into ice cube trays and freeze it, freeze it for an emergency cookie situation. Also, I just want to say that my stress dreams are kicking in officially. Your writing stress dreams or just general writing, writing stress dreams, but they, they will manifest in, but I had a very literal one the other night. The entire dream was Sven Hergson based. Now, what that means is there's a character in the Poirot series called Adrienne Oliver. She's a okay. mystery novelist that Agatha Christie loosely based on herself. Okay. And so she's Poirot's mystery novelist friend. And she created a detective called Sven Hergson. Okay. I was Sven Hergson. And I think he's. Finnish, but everyone thinks he's Swedish as a, you know, it's a joke on Hercule Poirot himself. Okay. And he is the bane of her existence. And she's always complaining about Sven Herxen and like how she would love to kill him, but the fans won't let her. And so basically Agatha Christie is telling this joke inside of the novels itself. Mm -hmm. And this is the punchline to all of this, Dan, is that they have just made a TV show of this. The Sven Hergson guy now has a TV show. There are no Sven Hergson <laughs> stories. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> I had an itch in my throat. They just took this like basic one-liner from Agatha Christie and said, what if we just made a show of that? No ideas, no concepts. Like they literally just made a show because she mentioned it. But in my dream, I was being haunted by Sven Hergson. <clears throat> I'm being haunted okay. by a fictional detective. Yeah. Inside I mean, of a story about a fictional detective. Yeah, it doesn't really take a fictional detective to solve that one. I mean, it's pretty literal. Yeah. And I woke up mumbling. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm you my, are going to get it done. My throat's all scratchy all of a sudden. Know, you hear, hear that? that. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> it's, it's doing allergies. that itchy thing. Yeah, it's yeah. itchy, itchy thing. Yep. I don't normally get this, but it feels like this year my right eye has decided to be my major allergy play. And so every now and then my right eye will just start itching like fucking crazy. I have something really exciting to tell you. Oh, okay. Everyone, I have something. I was going through my photos the other night. Like I sent you that weird text photo I had on my phone that was very strange. I just, I was in the tub and I was, instead of reading, because I didn't want to get my book wet. Uh I was, you know, like suddenly you just fuck around with your phone. Yeah. Like I'm just going to look through all these old photos. And I and I wanted to see how things looked at the start of the pandemic. And what I discovered is that my eye injury in both cases happened on March 30th. No. March 30th, 2020 was when I cut when the dog cut my eye. Whoa. March 30th, 2022 is when the plant stabbed me in the eye. I'm going to create a calendar item for March 30th. Mm-hmm. Remind Maureen mm-hmm. to wear goggles. Yeah. I have repeat yeah. every year. Annually on March 30th. I will say I, I have started wearing sunglasses when I water the plants. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm terrified. They're in my shower still. They've been in there for four days. I'm scared to take them out. <laughs>
Couldn't you ask Oscar to take them out for no. you? No. You don't want to risk his eyes? No. Man. We can't we can't both be blinded by the plants. <laughs> this is I got trouble. one of those bullshit calls from the uh, insurance company where they have to see if it was like a workman's comp thing. Uh-huh. And they, they were like, and the woman had a weirdest accent. It was like, hello, my name is Iron Ranch. <laughs> it was like New York, but it was Southern, but it was everything. It was like, sure. a, it was like a sitcom voice. And she said, what exactly happened to your eye? And I said, cut my eye on a plant, watering <laughs> it at home. She said, well, I'm really just sorry to hear that because I have plants too. <laughs> Well, there you go. A little empathy from the insurance person. It was one of those things where they're clearly supposed to say, I'm really sorry to hear that. But then right. she was like, uh, because uh, I have plants too. Yeah. Well, She's I like, know. I don't know how to talk to this fucko about cutting her eye on a plant. So I'm just really sorry, dumbass. <laughs> Doesn't cut it. So anyway, this has been Says Who. Womp womp. Womp womp. Womp womp. Womp womp. Womp womp. Bye bye.